Hello there, I'm Minister Paula Cornett. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast, Revelations from the Heart. I am so excited about what the Lord has in store for you today, and I hope that you will be encouraged by today's message. I'd love to stay connected with you online. You can go to my website at www.paulacornett.weebly.com. Well, grab your Bible and let's get into today's episode. Hello, friend. So glad to have you joining me today. I will be continuing in the series of Foundations of Faith, and we will be looking at the fourth foundation, which is the doctrine of laying on of hands. I think that it's interesting to note that the doctrine of laying on of hands, it, it just doesn't seem to as weighty as the others. Repentance, faith towards God, baptisms. Here we have this laying on of hands right in the middle of these other weighty doctrines. But laying on of hands is in fact a doctrine and is very important for you to understand. God wants to use your hands. So if you've been following along in this series, I've been teaching about the six foundations of faith. And that as believers, it's essential for us to know each and one of these foundations. We've been in the book of Hebrews chapter 6. There it lays out the six foundational truths or doctrines of our faith. It's so, so very important for us to know these and that just as a house is built, in order for it to stand, it must be built on a firm foundation. The same is true for us spiritually, that in order to be able to stand, we have to be built on a firm foundation. We must be established on a firm foundation of spiritual principles. Now, when you are built on a firm foundation, you'll be able to to discern what is right from wrong. You, it will elevate you to another level and you'll be able to make wise spiritual conclusions. So that means that when everyone around you seems to be flipping out and just compromising and accepting whatever, that you will still be able to hold truth to the principles of the word of God because God's word is the only truth that there is. Now, let's look at Hebrews chapter 6 verses 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, leaving the discussions of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. We looked last week at what the word perfection means. It's the Greek word teleates, which means a moving upward into a higher dimension. It pictures a student passing from one grade to the next. So God wants you to keep growing. God wants you to be elevated to the next level. See, you have to apply the word of God to your life. It's more than just going to church and giving your tithes and doing good things. But you got to also read the word of God, study the word of God and apply it to your life. So God wants us to move to the next level. He doesn't want us to stay stagnant or right where we are. And you have to understand that the more that you practice, the more that you read the word of God, the more that you study the word of God, the more that it will get in the, on the inside of you till you get to the point where you are walking that word out and people will notice and see you. Now, I gave the illustration of when I was in elementary school, when I was learning my multiplication tables and how each day our teacher would go over the lesson with us and she would drill us with flashcards. And, and at, at, in the evening when I went home, my parents or one of my brothers or my sister, they would do the flashcards to make sure that I knew these multiplication tables. And when we came in on Friday, there was a timed test that we had to take. So we had so many minutes and we could only miss a certain amount 
before we would be elevated or passed to the next level. Now, there were some people that were sitting there that I might be on the fives and they might still be on the twos because she wasn't going to pass them to the next level until they got that first one or that, that number two till they got till she knew that they knew all of those things. So that's the same is true with us, that in order for us to go to the next level, we got to make sure that we are firmly placed, that we are firmly and, and knowledgeable in these foundational truths. Now, it says, uh, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works. Let's just review real quick what we talked about with repentance in order to listen to all of all of the teaching. Go back in the archives and listen to the full teaching on repentance. I'm just going to do a quick recap. But that repentance is a decision. It's not based in emotion, but emotion may accompany it. Accompany it. We saw from the life of Judas how he was consumed with emotion, but that he did not repent. All right, because the fruit of repentance is going to be change in behavior. You're going to turn, make a turn from where you are, a turn. All right. And so Acts 17, 30 says that we are all men everywhere must repent. Repentance accompanies salvation. It's so, 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 so very important. If you have not repented, you probably aren't saved. So you want to make sure that you repent. Repent, repent, repent. Jesus' ministry was birthed with repentance. John the Baptist preached repentance. Peter at, at Pentecost preached repentance. Repentance is very, very, very important. In fact, when we looked, it said the word foundation means something that has to be set in stone. So this must be set in stone in your life. I know it's not a popular message, but it's still a very re relevant one. And remember that I said that repentance is still key in the kingdom. The next one that we looked at was faith towards God. And this one as well is the, is the Greek word pastistes epitheon. It means a complete trust, no self-reliance. It rests only on God and God alone. So just doing good works alone is not your ticket into heaven. Some people think that they can buy their way into heaven by doing good continually. And yes, God wants us to do good. And doing good is going to be a byproduct of being saved. You're going to be compelled to do good. But doing good alone, doing good deeds alone is not your ticket into heaven. Your faith must be in Christ and his blood alone and not your works and not your deeds. All right. Ephesians 2 and 10 says that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So because we are saved, we're going to do good works. If you're trusting in anything other than Christ and his blood alone, my friend, you're not going to make it in. You are just not going to make it in, period. It's black and white. It's, it's, it's no in between. You're not going to make it in. You want to make sure that you have repented of your sins. Whenever people come up for salvation and I lead people in the sinner's prayer or, or in, lead people uh, with a prayer of, of salvation, I always stress you got to repent. You got to repent. You got to repent. Make sure that you, you know, the, leave the father. I repent for my ways, for my sin. And once you repent, we're going to come to the third doctrine, which is baptisms. All right. And notice that it is plural. It is not singular but that it is actually baptisms. And we learned that there are three separate baptisms that take place in scripture. The first one is done by the Holy Spirit 
at the moment of salvation, the moment that you repent of your sins, the Holy Spirit supernaturally uh, baptizes you into the body of Christ. How he does it, I don't know. It's a supernatural thing, and I don't try to figure out supernatural things. All I know is it's just that's what the Holy Spirit does. I gave the example of my nephew and how when I led him to the Lord and prayed with him and how uh, after he got finished, when he opened up his eyes, he said, Auntie, I feel so clean, and I, I just feel so so new. And for those of you that have experience a salvation experience you can attest to that that things just look different they look better and that's because the holy spirit baptizes you into the body of christ he dips you in the blood of jesus and that is good gospel news the second baptism is done by jesus where he baptizes you into the power of god into the power of the holy spirit now remember that i said this one is not essential uh, for salvation is not essential for you to go to heaven. So if you don't speak in tongues, it doesn't mean you're not saved. It just means you don't have no power. But understand that God wants you to have all of these things. But God is not going to force anything upon you. He uh, he will give you, you know, you make that on your own decision. But if you want to have that spiritual power to do the work of God, you must have this baptism. All right. And lastly, the third one is done by believers where you're baptized into water okay so there is um three separate baptisms one done by the holy spirit one done by jesus and one done by believers this brings us to our fourth we're at our fourth one we're halfway there the fourth doctrine which is the doctrine of laying on of hands why is the laying on of hands so important because your hands are God's instrument that he uses to pass along power, gifts, authority, and blessing. Sometimes you may hear people say that the hand of God is on that person's life. Well, all that means is that that person has just been touched by God in a special way and that God has put his super upon their natural. Or people may say that the hand of God was on our service today and it just means that God touched that service in a very special way. Now, some of you that may be listening, you may have uh, come up in a church where uh, you didn't really see the laying on of hands displayed uh, quite often or maybe not even at all. Well, I'm very much the opposite. I grew up in a church where uh, the laying on of hands was practiced continually. I've seen the laying on of hands for the impartation of gifts. I've seen the laying on of hands for healing. I've seen the laying on of hands for blessings to come forth. I've seen the laying on of hands to institute authority or pass along authority uh, to people. So the laying on of hands is a very, very, very important and powerful doctrine that we're going to see here in just a few moments. We're going to travel through the Old and the New Testament, and we're going to see several examples from Scripture of how the laying on of hands God used it, even in the Old Testament, okay? So just bear with me, but I'm going to give you several uh, Scripture references that you can go back and read more in depth at a later time. I'm just going to kind of skim them and hit them real quick. But we're going to look first in the Old Testament. The first example that I want to share is with Isaac, that he passed on the blessing to Jacob through his hands. You know, he didn't just say, uh, bless your son and do good and do well. But he understood and knew that when he laid on his hands upon him, that that was when the blessing was activated. And then we see that Jacob turned around in Genesis 48, 9 and 15, and he blessed his grandsons, uh, Manasseh and Ephraim, by placing his hands upon them to transfer to transfer, excuse me, the blessing. So in order for the blessing to be activated, he knew, they understood that they had to get their hands and lay their hands upon 
uh, these individuals, Aaron and his sons at the ordination of their priesthood in Exodus 28, 1 and 2. Um, not only was the call of God acknowledged, but it was also awakened. All right. Those gifts were stirred up when hands were placed upon them and then they were commissioned to do the work of God and to carry out the duties that uh, were set before them. In Moses, Numbers 27, 18, he imparted spiritual authority to Joshua by the laying on of hands. It says, and the Lord said to Moses, take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you, a man in whom I and whom is the spirit and lay your hand on him. So spiritual authority was imparted into Joshua when Moses laid his hand upon him. And we see that that is fulfilled in Deuteronomy 34, 9. It says, now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. All right. So hands are very, very, very important. And it's a very important tool that God uses to transfer blessing, to transfer authority, to transfer power into individual pastor rick renner says it best that hands are vital to impartation of spiritual good all right now let's look at the new testament let's look at jesus's ministry who was jesus was always laying his hands on people because he understood the importance of laying on of hands we see in luke 440 it says that when the sun was setting all those who had any that were sick with various diseases, brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. So what happened in this instance is anybody and everybody that was sick, and if you knew anybody that was sick, you got them to the location where Jesus was going to be. Everyone literally came, the whole town, and when he laid his hands upon them, spiritual healing was imparted. Let me give you an example from my own life. I remember a few years ago, I was uh, ministering at a church here in the city. It was a Baptist church. And I preached the word of God. And as I got finished, um, I, uh, I, I can't remember. I think I called the people up for prayer. And when I called them up for prayer, uh, a whole slew of people came. You know, it was, it was a lot, a lot of people that came up for prayer. And um, as I looked out in the audience and I knew, you know, they probably don't really practice this too much, but I turned back to the pastor and I said, I, I heard, I heard the Holy Spirit say, you know, when I looked out at the crowd, I heard the Holy Spirit say, you've got to lay your hands upon them. And so I had to kind of dispel, you know, thoughts that this is not really what they usually do. This is out of the norm. And I turned around, the pastor was sitting there and I asked him, I said, is it okay if I lay my hands upon them? And he said, do what you do, go, go for it. So I knew that was my green light to go ahead and and just let the holy spirit use me and so i began to lay my hands on the people people began to fall out under the power of god the power of god was so so strong people were blessed people were encouraged uh, people were strengthened and it was just a mighty mighty move of god that day so at the end of the service i went in the back to gather my things the pastor was sitting in the office went to gather my coat and things and and he thanked me and he said that uh he was kind of looking down you know he was talking and he said I just want to let you know that um, never ever in the history of this church has anyone ever did what you did today. And I thought, uh-oh. And he looked up over his glasses and he said, and I want to thank you. And I, he said, I just want to thank you. The people have never seen nothing like that before. And you let God use you and I want to thank you. 
So while the word of God, you know, they were blessed by the word, but when I laid my hands upon them, spiritual healing was activated. The power of God was activated when I laid my hands upon these individuals. Okay. Now let's go back to scripture in Mark six and five. It says that uh, Jesus did mighty works. It said now, now he could do no mighty works there except that he laid his hands on a few sick. So he laid his hands in uh, Mark 6, 5. Uh, the power flowed through his hands. Matthew eight fifteen says that a uh, woman with a fever, he touched her. She was healed. Um, in Matthew nine twenty nine, blinded eyes, he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith, let it be unto you the apostles he imparted encouragement to the apostle apostles but jesus came and touched him and said arise go do not be afraid matthew 17 7 um this makes me think about another example um one day i was when i was at i was at the mall in fact it was castleton square mall and i was out uh my mother and i was out there and was, we were walking walking along the sidewalk and as we're walking along the sidewalk you know people passing by well i noticed this couple they were walking together and there was a child that was walking i thought it was strange the child was on the outskirts you know and not on the inside he was on the outskirts of the sidewalk and they the couple he didn't really seem like he was with the couple for one thing and not to you know be funny or anything but just giving their their nationalities for the sake of the story that the couple was caucasian and the child was it was an indian child and so i thought well maybe they've adopted him but he was kind of crying and he looked upset and i just you know just noticed that he just didn't see he seemed out of place so as he continued to walk, um, I was getting ready to go up to the child and say something to him. There was a security guard that I guess noticed the same thing, and he, the child was lost. He was, you know, had been lost, was lost from his mother. So the uh, I said, you know, the security guard they'll, they'll take care of. You know, they'll take care of it. No need for me to jump in. They'll take care of it. So as we were walking, came around the corner, getting ready to enter the mall, and there I saw what I knew was this child's mother because she was first of all she was an Indian lady looked just like the child and second of all she had panic on her face looking around you know I was like that's that child's mother so let me tell her you know that he's around the corner so she you know will know where he is when I walked up to her as soon as I got like right within like half of a few inches of her I could sense the fear and the just you know I could just sense it on her and so I gently just placed my hand upon her and I said, ma'am. And she looked, at me, she looked at me and when I placed my hands on her, it's like relief came. I said, ma'am, are you looking for your son? And she said, yes, yes. I said, I saw him. He's around the corner with the security guard. And I took, I said, let me take you to him. Come on. I took her to her son. But when I laid my hands on this woman and not so much that I was like so much praying for or anything, but just even with me laying my hands upon her, peace and calm came over her. And so, you know, through the laying on of hands, that can be transferred. Encouragement, peace, comfort can also be transferred as far as just like spiritual healing can. Okay, now let's go back to the scripture. And let me see. I don't uh, Here we go. Mark 1 41. It says that the lepers were healed when Jesus pushed his, put, touched, put, his, put his hands on them. The blind man uh, at Bethesda, Mark 8 22, when Jesus laid his hands upon him he was healed so jesus laid his hands on people all the time because he knew that healing power was transferred through the hands all right now these that i've given you are just a few examples but there are countless examples this is just in uh, matthew and mark but luke and john are filled with examples where you see where jesus laid his hands upon people 
and the healing power of God uh, was was transferred through their hands. Now, a lot of times when I pray for people, I can actually feel that power. And for those of you that practice this on a regular basis, you can feel that power being transferred, virtue being transferred, flowing through the hands. Sometimes as soon as I touch the person, it'll be activated and started to start to flow immediately immediately. Sometimes, you know, it just depends on the person, depends on the situation. But many, 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 many times when I pray for people, I can sense and feel that power flowing. And you know what? It's an awesome thing. It is an awesome thing. And it is an honor and a privilege that God would want to use something ordinary as our hands to let his power flow through us. Now let's look in the book of Acts and see how the early church, um, also practice the laying on of hands. Uh, we'll see through uh, the life of the apostles first in Acts chapter 6 and 5. When the apostle laid hands on the deacons, um, they were spiritually equipped. There was an impartation that took place. The Bible says that, And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Procreus, Nacre, Timion, Primius, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they had prayed, they laid hands upon them. So they didn't just say, you come here and you come here, and they didn't just uh, select some people, but they laid their hands on them. And this caused them, once the hands were laid on them, to be spiritually equipped to carry out the work. Uh, Philip preaches in Samaria in Acts 8, <clears throat> excuse me, 14 through 17. It says that now when the apostles who were in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Spirit. So this was so powerful when this took place that Simon the sorcerer, who was a man who was into divination and, and, and the demonic, when he saw these things, when he saw the apostles lay their hands on the people, the Bible says in Acts 8, 18 and 19, it says, and when Simon saw that through the laying on of hands, through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Spirit was given. He offered them money, saying, Give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. So he wanted to buy it. And you cannot buy the anointing of God. You cannot buy it with money. Okay? And so I always tell people, it's not magic. It's power. It's power that's flowing through. And it's the power of God that he uses our hands to transfer his power to people in need. Saul healed and was filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts 9, 17. And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So not only did he uh, was healing, was healing activated through the laying on of hands, but also he received the power of the Holy Spirit when Ananias, a believer, laid his hands upon Saul. Saul and Barnabas at their ordination in Acts 13, 1 through 3, when they laid their hands upon them, they received those spiritual gifts were stirred up. Uh, when Paul preached to a, a man who had never heard about Jesus in Acts 19, 5 and 6, he laid his hands upon him. Paul says to them, Timothy, we see in 1 Timothy 4, 14, he said, do not neglect the gift that is in you, 
which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. So these gifts in Timothy were stirred up and they were activated. They were imparted when hands were laid upon him. And we see in second Timothy that uh, Paul said that he lets us know who it was that prayed for him. He said, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Paul laid hands upon Timothy and those gifts were stirred up. In uh, Romans 1.11, Paul wrote to the Roman church and he said to them that for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gifts so that you may be established. So it wasn't enough for him just to continue to write letters to them, but he needed to get there physically to lay hands upon them to stir up spiritual giftings. Now, the Bible says in Mark 16:17 through 18, and every believer is commissioned to do this. And the Bible says, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. Whose name? Jesus's name. They will cast out demons. I was at the women's prison in the month of June when President Obama had just uh, uh, set it forth as uh, Gay Pride Month. This young woman came up. The prison was on lockdown because someone was injured outside. This young woman came up that was had a lesbian spirit in her and she said she wanted to be set free right there in the women's prison prayed for her as I prayed for her and when I laid my hands upon her that spirit immediately left her and it, it, when it left her I saw it when it left it's like a dark shadow flew past me the arms on my uh the hair on my arms stood up and that girl was set free and delivered and those that were gathered around uh, the other believers that, that I had called forth to gather around to lay hands upon her with me. When that young woman looked up, her countenance had changed. We knew that she had been delivered. She's still living free today. Believers shall cast out demons. Not be afraid of demons, but cast them out in the name of Jesus. They will speak with new tongues. We talked about baptism. You got to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit in order to have this power. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick. And here's the result. They shall recover. Their recovery is not up to me. It's up to God. But I'm going to lay my hands upon them. Every opportunity that I get, every chance that I get, I'm going to lay my hands so that the power of God can be activated and transferred into the lives of people. Every believer is commissioned to do this. You say, well, Minister Paula, do you lay... Every opportunity I get, I lay my hands upon people. Every chance I get in the grocery store, at people's houses, uh, when I come in, at the hospital, when I come in, I lay my hands every opportunity that I get. I lay my hands upon people because I understand and know the power of hands, that God uses them as a tool and an instrument to release his power to people. There was a woman in a church service that said one time, she said, well, I don't know why we don't see the power of God. I just don't, why don't, why don't we see that? And I said, oh, wait a minute. Don't put we in there because I see it. I see it on a regular basis. I see it all the time. And sometimes the reason why you're not seeing the power of God because you're not laying your hands on people. Sometimes people want to leave it to just the minister to do that. Or No, God has commissioned every believer to lay hands on people. God wants power in the church and the power is transferred through the hands. So start using your hands. When you pray for someone, don't just lay your hands upon them. 
that you don't have to slap them hard. Just gently lay your hands and let God do the work. It's an awesome thing sometimes to pray for people and just by grabbing their hand, just by grabbing their hand, you know, I just touch that hand and just let that power flow through me and let God minister to them. God wants to use your hands. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you today. We thank you for the power of laying on of hands. We thank you, Father God, that you've given a means and a way whereby which to transfer your power to touch people. Now, Father God, I pray for each and every person that's listening to this podcast that we will live our lives in a way that as much of your power can flow through us as humanly possible without taking us out of here. Father God, stir up, stir up the individuals that are listening that give them the boldness that they need to begin to lay their hands upon people and let you work. To you be the glory, the honor, and the praise. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Remember, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Thank you for listening to Revelations from the Heart podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with someone in your life. Share this podcast on your social media networks. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, and you can find the links to all my pages at my website at www.paulacornett.weebly.com. God bless you and hope you will take time to listen again soon.